Good Thursday evening, America. Pastor Toby Chalknox on the Water Boy. It's good to be with you. You are about to find out why Idaho is in the most important legal battle when it comes to the abortion laws right now. Oh. You're about to find that out. Really? We yes, are you are. At the front of it. But first, Ooh. we're on a mission to make magazines great again. Yes. So subscribe Wait, to our what? Fight, Laugh, Feast magazine. I just did this. This is a quarterly, many book-like experience packed full of a variety of authors that includes theological-driven cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, usually by like Aaron Snell or Mark Reagan or, or Jared Ritchie, I, I think, yeah. even participated yeah. in that. Mm-hmm. Recipes for feasting. I got a... Um, a uh, barbecue recipe coming out in the next uh, next magazine. You guys aren't going to want to miss that. Laughter <laughs> sprinkled throughout the glossy pages and more. Sign up your church, um, especially um, you know Al Mohler, Robert Jeffries. Maybe while we're talking about because we, he's come up a lot. Robert has recently. Yeah. For, I don't know why, but um, sign <laughs> him up. You know, sign up your grumpy uncle. And while you're at it, sign up the Pope, Elon Musk. And Russell Moore. Disclaimer, this magazine will guarantee various responses and cross politics not held liable for any of them. Reading the whole magazine may cause theological maturation. Possibly encourage your kids to take the Lord's Supper with you. Ooh. And will likely cause you to randomly chuckle in the joy of God's wondrous world. Sign up today for issues a year, $60 per year. Um, I think I read this ad better than Toby did. Go to fightlaughfeast.com right now. Sign up now. Wait, not responsible? Wouldn't we be responsible? Just wondering. Just, I just... <laughs> China, learn those. We have on the line with us. I'm not even going to let Toby it. do this. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. He's just like just carrying on like his, like his show. I figured this is the right way to do it. Um, no. Blaine Kanzati serves as the president of Idaho Family Policy Center. He's leading the charge in Idaho by writing legislation to end abortion, protect women in sports and bathrooms, and reestablish biblical justice in the public square before joining the Idaho Family Policy Center. Blaine previously worked for Family Policy Institute of Washington. He yeah. also spent several years teaching humanities, theology, and apologetics courses at a classical Christian school in Fairfax, Virginia. He and his wife, Anna, enjoy raising their family in the beautiful Treasure Valley. You can find out more about the Idaho Family Policy Center at idahofamily.org. Blaine, thanks for coming back on Cross Politic. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me. I just, you know, reading through his bio, um, it, you know, he's got job security because we're just so crazy. <laughs> He's here to protect women's sports. Yeah. I mean, dude, the bar's that low? Really? So, Blaine, um, yesterday uh, there was actually a, a ruling from an Idaho judge. Idaho is like in national news right mm-hmm. now um, because uh, I, I think if I got this right, there was a, a, a some kind of motion for some kind of injunction or stay on Idaho's uh, trigger bill, um, and he ruled that one portion of it could not go into effect, but I think 95% of it or 99% of it does go into effect. Can you please explain that to those of us who um, only uh, went to public school? Ouch. Yeah, so here's what happened. Um, the Department of Justice, the Federal Department of Justice under President Joe Biden, sued the state of Idaho earlier this month in an attempt to try and block our trigger law from going into effect. And a trigger law is a law that would ban most abortions a certain number of days after Roe v. Wade is overruled. So um, in our case, it was 30 days after the final order was issued by the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. That is today. And so the Federal Department of Justice was doing everything it could to keep abortion legal and available in the state of Idaho. Essentially, for the most part, they failed. Um, the district court judge in Idaho 
granted a partial injunction that blocks prosecutors from filing charges against doctors when they perform abortions in cases of medical emergency. So this is when a woman shows up to an ER, she's having some sort of medical emergency. Under the trigger law, as it was written, passed by the state legislature and signed by Governor Brad Little, the woman would not have been able to receive an abortion unless her life was in imminent danger. What the judge has done is he's essentially rewritten the law, um, which is always great. And he said that um, the doctor would be allowed to perform the abortion if there's a medical emergency ongoing um, that could cause substantial and irreversible uh, damage to the woman's body. So that's what happened. Uh, The law is going into effect today. It's saving many, many, many babies, um, which is really exciting. Um, is, is that uh, what the judge did? Does that include, you know, some sort of the mental state and condition of the, of the mother? Is it, is it that it broad? It shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. So all of this comes back to a federal law called EMTALA that okay. deals with hospitals who receive federal Medicare and Medicaid funding. And the federal government has long interpreted this federal statute called EMTALA as requiring these hospitals to perform abortions when there's a medical emergency and the mother wants the abortion. Um, now, it's funny because this federal statute doesn't actually say anything about abortion. This is just the federal government's, you know, really bad interpretation of their own law. Um even still, what the what the judge did is he said, if a medical emergency is ongoing, the woman can receive the abortion in a hospital emergency room that's partially funded by Medicare or Medicaid, um, and uh, it should not include, you know, the really broad health of the mother type stuff like okay. like mental health or social health or financial health. Okay. It should be a true medical emergency. Um, that's the way that the federal law, at least, has been interpreted by the federal government. You know, it's really interesting because. By right, Blaine, wouldn't Imtala actually be opposed to what they want to try and do with it? Right. So you have two human beings. Wouldn't Imtala require that you try and save both of them? So that's the way that a federal district court judge down in Texas is interpreting the same law. Uh-huh. Uh, that judge issued a ruling also yesterday, yesterday morning, um, that said that the federal government's interpretation of Mtala would require the hospital rooms to care for the child, the preborn child, as if it's a patient. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so therefore, <laughs> an abortion would not be allowed in a case of a medical emergency, right. uh, unless the woman's health, or I'm sorry, unless a woman's life is in imminent danger. So yeah, it's, it's funny that our district court judge interprets Amtala, which says nothing about abortion, um, as requiring abortions, and the district court judge down in Texas interprets Amtala as prohibiting those abortions. Is this something that you think might actually make it to the Supreme Court, how we interpret Amtala? Yeah, I think so. So the way it's going with the lawsuit in Texas, where the Texas um, Attorney General is suing the Biden administration over its interpretation of Amtala, um, the ruling there obviously is entirely 180 degrees out from what the ruling was up here in Idaho. Uh So we're setting ourselves (laughs) up for a split circuit where the U.S. Supreme Court is probably going to have to rule on the question. So, Blaine, can you just quickly outline the state of um, there have been a few bills that have recently been passed and now there's a few um, there's a court cases now challenging the um, these these bills. There's a heartbeat bill. There's this trigger law. Can you just kind of give a quick overview? Like, where are we at with all that? And what's the next thing here in Idaho? In, so, yeah, here yeah, in yeah, Idaho. Yeah. 
Yeah, the heartbeat law went into effect two weeks ago, started saving babies right away. In mm. fact, Planned Parenthood and the state of Idaho stopped performing all abortions immediately after the heartbeat law went into effect. The trigger law, the one that we're talking about today that goes into effect today, bans most abortions from conception. So it gives even greater protection to preborn babies than the heartbeat law does. Um, the criminal penalties section of the trigger law supersedes the criminal penalty section of the heartbeat law. However, the heartbeat law included a Texas-style civil enforcement mechanism that allows family members to sue the doctor okay. if the doctor performs an unlawful abortion after a preborn baby's heartbeat can be detected. Um, and that portion of the heartbeat law is still in effect. So we still have that Texas-style civil enforcement mechanism that allows families to recover monetary damages when one of their family members are unlawfully aborted. So with the, with the trigger law, you, I just wanted to hear you say that again. You said that actually bans most abortions from conception on yep so it includes exceptions for rape incest and now of course medical emergencies um because of the right. federal judge's order that was issued last night wasn't wait didn't the trigger bill already include some sort of medical emergency the trigger law included an exception for abortions performed when the woman's life is an imminent danger which is not an abortion um Yes, morally, you and I would say that is not an abortion. The The intent is not to kill the baby. The intent is to save the life of the mother, and that would not be an abortion. However, legally, the way that we define abortion, it is legally considered an abortion. So uh, the judge, of course, again, rewrote that exception to now include medical emergencies when the woman's life is not threatened, but when there is some sort of you know danger. Yeah. So he went broader. He went from life of the mother to medical emergencies. That's what the judge did right, there. Right. Yes. Okay. And is, is there a, a time limit on any of those exceptions, Blaine? So like, you know, if eight if, months, nine months, I mean, yeah, can, like if, if there's a, a rape or incest or whatever, like, is it, it like, if that mean like they can, they can perform abortions throughout the entire T of the pregnancy. If, if that, yeah, yeah, so I'm not a fan, obviously, of rape and incest exceptions. I want to get rid of them. Um, I don't think that any child should be held, you know, liable for the sins of the father or for the circumstances right. of their conception. Right. However, I will say that the rape and incest exceptions in Idaho abortion laws are as narrowly uh, written as you possibly can. It requires the woman to file a police report before she received the abortion and then submit that police report to the abortionist 24 hours in advance of the abortion taking place, um, which is about as tightly, hmm. you know, scripted as you can get with a rape and incest exception. Some rape and incest exceptions rely on just the word of the mom right. where the mom can go into an abortionist and say, Hey, I was raped. Therefore I want an abortion. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so ours, ours is pretty narrowly drafted. Hey Blaine, I just want to say, man, listen to you talk about this. Thank you so much for serving us here in Idaho, man. Yeah. I appreciate your work so much. Yeah. I, I, here's the last question I want to ask you. Um, why is Idaho so important in this That's particular right. battle and fight? Because I wrote, yep. I read the Washington Post and they said the Biden administration on Wednesday scored its first legal victory since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. And I'm, I'm like, wow, they've really focused in on Idaho. Why us? Why bring that fight here? 
Yeah. So, you know, obviously we have, we are one of the states that have banned most abortions after conception. Um, we also have a very, very liberal district court That's judge right. in our federal district. Mm. Um, and so they thought that this would be the place where they could score the biggest victory possible that they could then use as ammunition in challenging other state laws and other districts that might not be as liberal as ours. Mm-hmm. So they was just, I mean, they went judge shopping and they, they knew which judge would <laughs> give them the best outcome. Let's be honest. So what do you think is going to happen, Blaine? I mean, just from your perspective, what do you, the, now if do I understand that have the, has the heartbeat and the trigger law both been challenged in, in the same case? Yeah, so the Harpy Law and the Trigger Law have both been challenged at the Idaho State Supreme Court on state constitutional issues. Okay. Um, and this is really getting in the weeds. The state Supreme Court has allowed both of those laws to go into effect, which is why they are both currently in effect as we speak. Right. Um, and it's unlikely that the state Supreme Court is going to block either of those. In order for them to block either of those laws, they would have to say that there's a state constitutional right under the Idaho state constitution okay. um, to receive an abortion. And that's that's crazy, of course. That's so, absolutely nonsense. So you, you expect the state Supreme Court to rule in favor of these laws and, and, and allow them to, to remain in force. But the federal district court, you think that may go against us? Well, so I think we've seen as far as the federal district court judge is willing to go, which is rewriting the life of the mother exception to now include medical emergency. I don't think he's going to go any further than that. And I think that's going to remain until the issue is ultimately considered by the Supreme Court. Um, The Ninth Circuit, of course, is a very liberal circuit court of appeals, and it'll side with our federal district court judge on the medical emergency issue. Right. Hey, Blaine, if people want to give money to help you guys continue to do a great job, what website should they go to right now? (laughs) Oh, I love you, Knox. (laughs) IdahoFamily.org. IdahoFamily.org. Oh, man. Hey, brother, praying for you. Support Blaine. Yeah, get some some rest over there. You're doing a great job. All right. Is Carl Berglund somebody we should have as our county commissioner? I say so, and you're going to find out why next on Cross Politics. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like Cross Politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy Refining Rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency. This is where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday. <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. Oh, I lost his ear. Welcome back. Hey, this is my job. <laughs> help, help our poor guest. Yeah, put his look ears what you in. did. Man, oh. Welcome back to Cross Politic. This is. The part where I welcome people <laughs> to the second segment. <laughs> hey, I want to let you guys know about some friends of ours. Blue Ridge Reformed Church is a is a uh, potential oh. CREC church plant starting in Roanoke, Virginia Valley. Are you serious? Virginia. Yeah. And they're having their first service Sunday, September 4th at oh, 6 p.m. So if you're anywhere near the Roanoke Valley, you should check them out. They're located at Cloverdale Road, 6032 Cloverdale Road, Roanoke, Virginia. You can find out more at Blue Ridge Reformed. 
Plymouth.org. You know, I hear that Roanoke is actually the original Plymouth. Just saying, Plymouth Rock. I'm just saying that I've heard. I've heard. Hey, using a smartphone no or computer opens the door to a host of digital temptations in a world saturated with pornography and mm. other harmful content. What's a Christian supposed to do? We need to take a proactive approach, welcoming transparency in our digital media choices. Sunshine. And accountable to you. That's accountable. The number two, the word you, makes that easy. Their accountability software shares detailed activity reports from all your devices and your kids' devices in real time to the accountability partners you choose. With accountability in place, your family can effectively guard against temptations online and live with purity and integrity. Learn more and try it for free at accountabletoyou.com forward slash FLF. Speaking of accountability. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) That'll work. And sunshine. That'll work. We're grateful to have with us Carl Berglund today on the show. Carl's fourth generation Idahoan raised in Latah County. He lives in Kendrick with his wife, Julie, where they have raised seven children. And he's running for county commissioner in Latah County. Carl, thanks for coming on Cross Politics. Thanks for having me. Is this your first time on the show? This is my very first time on the show. What? Yes. Wow. 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 Yeah. So we want to know. Why in the world are you running for county commissioner? Yeah. <laughs> so you, do you I mean, the- people who do that are crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we already looking at you sideways. Yeah, right. So, um, so the short answer is my wife told me to. No. No. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, you, we should have Julie on here. Julie, uh, right. you, you hang those earpieces up. The, the missus is here too. Oh, uh, um, now the the uh, the reason I'm running is because. There's, there's a couple of things that happen here. One, the opportunity came open to serve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the seat's vacant, and and I believe that the citizens of Lake Tahoe County need somebody sitting in that seat that knows what government's supposed to do, more to the point, knows what government's not supposed to do, mm-hmm. actually understands that the money that's being utilized within the county budget belongs to the people, and um, is interested in taking steps to make sure that the people really know what's going on with their money and understands that it's the responsibility of county leadership to clear the way for citizens to engage in economic activity, grow businesses, um, attract new businesses so that we can have economic activity, so that we can have more revenue, so that we can keep our county nice. Mm. We want to be the Shire. Do we want to be Gotham? I prefer the Shire. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's running on yeah. that platform. The yeah. Shire. Going for the Shire, not Gotham. Mm. I want my Hobbit house. So, Gabe, you almost ran for that. Well, you ran I did for ran. I yeah, didn't ran. So, he's running run. for a you different district. You're in District 3. Is that right? right? That's correct. Yep. I ran in District 2, and yeah. there's a, there's actually another gentleman who's running in District 2 as a conservative against. But so, are there three districts in our county? That's, That's right. correct. Okay. So, there's a seat for each district. Is that right? Because there's That's just three county commissioners. That's correct. Okay. There's right. a seat for each district, yeah. and the, the we do the things a little bit uniquely here in Lake County. Um, you, the citizens, all the citizens of the county, vote for all three commissioners. Even though you can only run from your district. Oh, so I Carl, didn't know that. Carl lives in his district, uh, why, and why he can run from district three. Because that's the way we've been doing it forever. It, does that? So but he's not representing you. Why do you get to vote for him? Does that end up making like because you make decisions on the whole county budget? Ah, uh, right. 
Okay. You know, right. Okay. All right. So, so you're representing these people over here, but you're also kind of making decisions that on affect the whole county. The whole right? county. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's correct. So, Carl, okay. let's, let's drill down a little bit. It's well, a little tough. It's well, well, I, mean. I was going to let Gabe kind of drill down on like let you talk about your platform because you guys kind of shared this. This plat- is like the this, county commissioner right, exactly, like, this side, side of the, of the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. Or no, we, yeah. Don't get my juju on you though. You know. I want to let you try and move your platform down in more details a little further so we can understand. So, what are you going to do? And what are you going to run on to say, oh, I, we should actually elect Carl Berglund as our county commissioner? Okay. So if you've been to my website or you've seen any of my literature. I have right? what, how um, do you? Where is your website? Um, website, berglund4idaho.com. Okay. Berglund for Idaho. I'm going to look it up right now while you're yeah, talking. Is it B-E-R-G right or B-U-R-G? B-E-R-G. Yeah, that's what I thought. L-U-N-D. You know yeah. me all this time? Yes, sir. He's, <laughs> helping, he's just helping the people. Go ahead. <laughs> Don't get Gabe to saying stuff. No. <laughs> or spelling uh, stuff. So um, transparency, tax reform, economic development. Right? I think, I think that those three items encapsulate just about everything that one is under the purview of the county commission and two – that county commission can focus on mm-hmm. to you actually have authority. Yeah. To do so the, what do you mean you know, by transparency? Transparency. Well, let's just, for instance, um, let's just talk about the county budget for a minute. Uh-huh. Um, the October or August 31st mm-hmm. is the community hearing um, meeting for it's for community input on the newest proposed budget. Okay. Okay. When did that get promulgated? No. It got it got promulgated in the newspaper just a few days ago. Did it go? Oh, yeah, newspaper because okay. everyone reads the newspaper. Okay, so so it did get <laughs> promulgated. Good. It did get promulgated. It is on the website. It's a it's a budget summary. It's a twenty eight million dollar budget, uh, which is uh, four point something million more than it was last year, and you've got about ten days to digest it, uh, yep. review it, analyze it, Comment and then, on it, and yeah. then go to. The county commission meeting on August thirty first, and have questions. So is that transparent? Not very. I mean, like you go to. Yeah. I remember when I was running for county commissioner, just trying to figure out um, the, what the budget was, what where were things being spent. Well, um, it was crazy trying I mean, to. You got to go deep into the website to find it. I mean, it, it was and and then they didn't even drop it to you in Excel format. You got it in like PDF or something, so you couldn't even do like budget analysis. Um, but I mean, come on now. We got a bunch of great people who are back there who are making decisions about the money that they spend. And what could go wrong? No, the current county commissioners <laughs> raised, what, what could go wrong? Taxes. Indeed. But and I want to I want to hasten to point out that this is absolutely no reflection on the staff. Okay, because now I have worked with the staff with respect to this budget, and they've been more than helpful. Supplied me with all the documentation mm. that I asked for. Gave me all the backups. Gave me the spreadsheets. Okay. But you have to go to the. You have to call them and ask them. First of all, you have to know to call them and ask them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the county commissioners are the ones that give the direction on what's promulgated, how it's promulgated, right? The county commission is the one that sets the schedule, mm-hmm. right? That for the release of the information and then the public input. That's all on the county commission. That's a, that. Those are three people that make that decision. Do they set the budget as well? That's absolutely. Yeah. So then the question is: that four million dollar increase is it worth? Is it good? Bad? What ugly? What, well, I don't know. I just looked at it. I can't tell you. Mm. Okay. You you have but I have, I, but ten I, days to figure that out. I have between now and the thirty first to figure it out to go to the to the meeting with questions, the same as you do. All right. So what should have happened? So that's a really good question, and here's what I think should happen. 
I think that the public should be more involved in the as the information as the budget is being developed. Uh, it's it's an ongoing process. I know that, and it's not that I think you know we don't want everybody looking into the middle of the work as the work's going on. But but the fact of the matter is, you know, your average citizen who works eight to 10 hours a day, four to five days a week, right, and has a family, goes to church, has kids, at football, baseball, soccer, the, uh, the whole nine yards, right? How many hours do they have to, yeah. to get a budget, to break the budget down, put it in a, a CSV file or, or an Excel file and analyze it so that they can come to a meeting with questions? Mm-hmm. How much right. time do they have? Yeah, they don't right. have they, they don't, you know, they're not, they're not going to have 10 or 12 hours to dedicate to that. Mm. But the fact of the matter is, it. I think it is leadership's responsibility to make the information available to them so they can come to the meeting with intelligent probing questions, right? Mm-hmm. So Otherwise, lots of lead time. Or at least, at least key information, like, you, yeah. know, like you, you know, here's what we're changing this year, or here are the areas that we think we need adjustment, or that kind of thing that's like helpful information. Right. You could, uh, For instance, you can go to the state website, and and the, the state's done a pretty good job with their budget and, and how they disseminate the information, right? Here's where the money comes from with a pie chart, right? Here's where the money goes with a pie chart and a histogram if you want it, right? Mm-hmm. We don't do that. Um, and it's just simply because the, the, the folks in the building don't have the tools to do that, right? And I, I don't think that it's been a high enough priority. Mm. That it hasn't been a high enough priority for the commission to make sure that, these, that the folks have the tools to be able to release that kind of information. And this is 2022, right? <laughs> I mean, this is, you should be able to, we have the capacity to be able to to give uh, 100% insight to the budget as it's developed, right? right. Um, and, and it should be available like right here right online. Here, I should right click to. on it and just yeah. find it, pull it down. Um, I, I want to ask you about one of the things on your website here. You say, again, you can you all can find this at Berglund4, the number four, Idaho.com. It says, I firmly believe it is possible, even necessary to run our country, our county, without breaking our citizens. Real tax reform is critical to this endeavor. What do you have in mind? What kind of tax reform are you have in mind? Okay, so so that that speaks specifically to not beggaring our, our citizens with property tax. Let's just talk about property tax. Yeah, right? please. Okay. So, I like this. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say this. I'm on record as having said this multiple times. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say it on the air. Taxing property and taxing production is insane. Hmm. It's flat insane. Yeah. Okay. It's also it, immoral. It, it, it's immoral and it's antithetical to the principles of a free republic. Message. All right. And just because we've been doing it for 180 years doesn't and, and we've gotten away with it yeah. and everybody hasn't gone bankrupt and gone yeah. into the poorhouse doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Right. Okay. So. I, 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 so you want to get rid of property taxes? I, well, and that's of course I do. Yeah, everybody wants to get rid of property taxes. <laughs> Are you sure everybody wants to? Well, get rid of most, most, okay. most everybody will but, say it. But, but yeah. let's let's be real about this. Yeah. That's not going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow, right, right. right? That's not going to happen in a in a in a Berglund first term or a second term or a tenth term. Okay, because we don't we have not had the conversations right whereby we can structure a, a reasonable replacement protocol. Right. Well, and that's what we have to do. Also a legislative problem. So it's actually a state well, it, it, it structure that the legislators have to overturn, right? Right. And what's necessary for this, guys, what's necessary for this is a, a, a coalition of intelligent, committed, devoted people to get together and actually draft a meaningful tax reform policy. I've been working with with several pretty smart people, right? And we're getting we're trying to get this together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So that we can present it to the legislature and say, "Hey, 
let's look at this, right? Hmm. And we, we're, you know, we what we know is we're going to have to do this a few times, yeah, right. But we're going to start this process and, and say we need you to look at this because we don't like this. What ideas do you have, Carl? Or what are the ideas that are being floated? I mean, how do you replace the the income of property taxes? Well, I mean, you so tax the rich. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Well, you know, at the end of it, you know, and there there could be there 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 can be some. Uh, there's going to be a lot of contention about this, but sure. but the the fact of the matter is is that, as I said, taxing production and taxing property is insane, and quite frankly, in my opinion, is criminal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's it's dumb, mm-hmm. right? So what's what's left to tax? You have you you have imports left to tax, and you have consumption left to tax. That's all you have left to tax, right? Right, and and so then people are going to freak out and say, "Oh my gosh, you're going to sales tax? We're already sales tax to death." No, you're not sales tax to death. Your sales tax plus income tax plus property tax, right? All these taxes yeah. added up, yeah. right? Yeah. It, that's yeah. what's killing you, yeah. right? The sales tax is not killing you, mm-hmm. right? So let's yeah. talk about how we're actually going to draft a tax policy that you actually can outproduce your taxes, right? Mm-hmm. You can actually mm. work hard enough so that the taxes are not eating you up, right? Right. So that at the end of the day, you've you've outproduced what you've consumed and and you're not being penalized for it. Yeah, you're not being penalized for making more. Like it happens when you tax the rich. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and then, you know, what happens there, right? What happens there? Toby, you if, if you're doing that, well, you have some money left over. You can invest in a business, right? right. You create a business, or hire. and you and you hire six guys yeah. to run your business for you. Yep. And there's more economic development. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is just real sane common sense stuff, right? right? And which do we, which we need a lot more of. Yeah, right? and, yeah. And do I have the? I, I don't have all the definitive answers, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, we've been doing it wrong for a long time. Why not a flat tax? Um, well, hold on, we'll talk. Uh, let's talk oh, about that in a okay. second. Okay, Carl, okay. we, we got to go, but I want you to give your website. What's your website, real quick? Berglundforidaho.com. B E R G L U N D number four Idaho.com. I'm going to ask you some questions when we go backstage about economic development. I still want to talk a little bit more tax reform. Flat tax. What Can a county commissioner save you from the IRS, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we'll figure that out. Um, and maybe what happens if you're not elected? The what does it look like for that? Yeah. All right. We'll be backstage. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, we'll have James White. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. Home, it's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. When tyrants take over, what's the first thing they do? Disarm. It happened in Russia, China, Germany, and most recently, Afghanistan. Why? Because disarmed people are easier to control. And over the last century and a half, American tyrants have been carrying out a slow, methodical disarmament that no one is talking about. State education. Tyrants know that education is warfare. Our rulers have a vested interest in making you totally harmless. 
They've got big plans and they don't want you getting in the way. Think about it. Would you rather fight an army decked out with high-powered rifles or a bunch of dinky water pistols? They know that if you can think critically, you're a threat. At New St. Andrews College, we want to graduate men and women who are dangerous. Dangerous to the world, dangerous to the principalities and powers, dangerous to spiritual wickedness in high places. Education can either arm you or disarm you. It can make you a threat or make you a useful idiot. <laughs> so, where you get that education counts. Click the link to apply to New St. Andrews College today.